Hey everyone, welcome again to another episode of Nerds in the City, a Central Florida podcast talking about nerd cultures, movies, games, comics, movie reviews, and anything eventually happening in and around Central Florida. As always, you have your host Tony with our boy Nick. Nix. How's it going? But besides that, guys, we want to sp- send some special guests that we got in from South Carolina, our boys from the Nerd Force podcast. What's up, guys? Hey. What's hey, going what's on? on, guys? Yeah, we have J- uh, Josh and Matt. What's up? That's what? us. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we we recently met these guys uh, probably like two months ago through just general podcasting, uh, Facebook groups. And Josh, I hit up Josh. He's like, yo, your podcast is legit. He's like, we talk literally talked about the same things in the same mannerism and same like wavelength that we were like, yo, we have to link up sometime. So we just recently did an episode with them, and they just graciously came onto ours to bless us with their knowledge of Star Wars, Marvel, comics, anything in between and out of comic books and nerd culture. Well, that's well, you're way too kind. Way too kind, sir. Yeah, you're way embellishing too kind. a little bit there. It's a, a privilege for us to be on. <laughs> no, but we thank you so much. So uh, let's start with some good, like cool news that what recently came out was uh, Sony just recently invested 250 million dollars into epic uh if people don't know is the founder of Fortnite, and they're only getting like 1.7 i believe 1.7 percent of the company well they invested it from what i understand in uh epic as well as Fortnite. so it was a more it's like yeah they invested kind of like mutually into both specifically so my thing with this is with with this is that um they they when released the ps5 gameplay they were showing the Unreal Engine, Unreal 5 Engine that mm-hmm. Epic was using. So they were like, we need to put some money on this. Plus what they did with Travis, I think Travis has got um, Fortnite concert. Mm-hmm. So Sony has the property of all their music line. They were like, if you could do that on Fortnite, now that everything's going virtual and digital, let's let's apply that to our other platforms with those engines that we have already to bring that like an added experience to the culture of music or the artists to bring fans closer to a new experience instead of going to the movie theater i mean to concerts in general wow you took it you took it like honestly you took a lot better route than i was going because i mean that's a great way to look at it because i i do know i mean especially with all this lockdown the Fortnite concerts have been a huge deal because i remember the um uh diplo one i yeah, i'm a huge fan of diplo so i remember that one um in my head i was thinking it was more going to be like uh they just wanted more exclusive content for sony for PlayStation rather than for all the other platforms that Fortnite plays on. I think so, but I, I they they don't take they're not taking in like intellectual property of any games. They're not gonna get exclusives as much as they are. But what they're doing is that they are able to um they're gonna use our Unreal Engine five into the to the best of their abilities and to other forms. That's what I think they're using it for. Just exp- uh, widen their their base of what they could do with it. What do you guys think? Well, let me ask you guys a question then too. So with Sony doing this too, we're talking about the mute, like that side of it too. But as we saw before in Fortnite, where they dropped a movie trailer, that also provides a backdrop for Sony to be able to have proprietary rights to be able to put their movie drops there too as well. Yeah, not only that, but we've seen like they had they had Deadpool and Thanos with exactly uh, right. Yeah. Within, yeah. Um, Fortnite, and they've just released Captain America, so mm-hmm. it, it allows Sony, and, and since Sony's been doing the gameplay for Marvel, 
within the Marvel gameplay universe or whatever you want to call it now with Marvel Avengers coming out right. and with the Spider-Man game, the new one and the previous one that, that came out already. Um, it, it allows for, uh, you know, them to be able to, to gain, you know, just that much more exposure with these characters. And then, you know, if, even if it was like a, a preload screen ad or something like that, that mm -hmm. they had, that popped up for these games. Oh, I, I think like they're going to use this as a vehicle to do a lot more than just gameplay too. Yeah. I, mean, oh, I think yeah. it's going to be, it's a smart, I think it's a real smart move. I think it's the way that we're going to see and in, in intake a lot of material coming forward, yeah. you know, musically, videoly, you know, videoly, videoly, <laughs> new, new word, just made it up. Yeah. So. They've, they've kind of adopted the model too. Um, I know Lucasfilm partnering with, um, I forget what the the third um, with with the EA and yeah, um, oh, yeah. was doing the uh, the new Star Wars game that's going to be uh, the X Wing Fighters that's going to yep. be free to play. Oh, mm -hmm. Yeah, the Squadron. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, um, that that with that game free to play, you know, it's it's going to be, um, you know, they're they're definitely taking that Fortnite model that's been working so well between yeah, sure. you know, Fortnite, yeah. PUBG, all those games. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they said the president when they said it's a free game it, and all their money's coming from just in-game small purchases for cosmetic, which doesn't change the gameplay at all. That's what I'm saying. So I like that just because it, it doesn't uh, determine like two players. If two players are one is better than the other, that's it. It's not about what because they can't purchase guns. They can't purchase anything else but aesthetics. So all the right. money they're making is from people just wanting to look better, which, you know, something charge them all day. Because if you're just a good player, you can just play with whatever you have. Yeah. And then what's great yeah. about it is uh, Josh hit something really good is that now that they could bring all their intellectual property that they had from other like films and music and they could be That's like, true. they could bring back like um, just old ca old um, movies that they have and use it as a skin. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, absolutely. And yeah, no, no, absolutely. They'll do that. To just even test the water to see if it's worth bringing back, period. You know, they look at the sales on all those skins for those old older shows or whatever they want to reboot, something yeah. like that. See if there's enough interest there. People will buy it just on nostalgia alone. That's what I'm saying. So that's a oh, great, yeah. yeah, you're right. That, it, you're that, right. It's that a great alone idea. will make so much money because mm -hmm. don't they don't they own Back to the Future, right? No, that's Universal. Yeah, yeah Universal. Universal. Yeah, that's Universal. So, but yeah, that's that that that's what the route that they're going. I think that was a smart play, and I oh, yeah. I. I think they i don't even think they overpay i think they priced it accordingly that the way they got it in but, at that value and the beauty of it is the one thing i'm happy about is that they they bought into it which you know epic and these people are going to consider whatever they have to say but ultimately speaking 1.75 percent will get you to speak but they yeah. don't have to listen you know they they don't necessarily have to take anything like what they say so if they say something that they think might compromise the way the gameplay is or the way it does right now. They they could just say no because they didn't buy enough to, for, you know, they don't have enough skin in the game to to, exactly. to make any like actual changes. Yeah, but their input make... is taken. Yeah, because they're like one of the juggernauts of the whole gaming industry in itself. Yeah, so they're gonna right. value their input. Not as yeah, much. value, but it's, it's almost like basically like, hey, listen, you got something going on that's making money. We just want to make money from it. You do what you do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, okay there's, with there's no there's no controlling interest. There. Exactly. Yeah, I think they're gonna be more hands off on how they control it, but yeah. more hands on on what they could get back from it. Of course. Yeah. So that Absolutely. was with Sony. Uh, the next thing is the funniest thing that I've seen is that Sims Four is having their own reality reality TV competition, which they're getting uh, some of the top Sim Four players to create mini stories in the Sim Four in the Sims world and play it out. And then tell a story from it, and then 
I guess the teams will get knocked down like king of the hill. And I'm assuming at the end of the, I don't know if the single team wins or they go all like free for all at the last four, the last team that stands, which is weird. And it's great because it's giving more games on the forefront. Cause I know a lot of people expect gaming competitions to be uh, call of duty, Fortnite, PUBG, um, Counter-Strike, fighting games like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Now, this one's coming away from left field and is going to be on a live TV show. Yeah, but, I mean, based on the way... Because I, I was thinking about it, like, you're promoting... Okay, fine, I can understand a TV show maybe where people create the digital, digital like, characters for storytelling to see how that plays out. But it is very specific to Sims, which means it's... Uh, it's gonna. It's basically a, a commercial for Sims, which I don't know how they're doing. I don't. I haven't played Sims. I don't think in ever. But I mean, I don't know uh, the popularity not of since, it now. Uh, Sims one, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it could be like a last kind of like effort to be like to be relevant. Which you know something, it's a creative way to do it. Yeah. Because because so. people could be like, oh, now I could create my own person and live in that world. Like it's it's just another way of. I see it as a. Uh, more mundane, mediocre version of uh World of Warcraft because well, not even that. Isn't there one more relevant, like more modern? I um, what is it? Um, what is the one with that everybody looks blocky? That's I never got to play it. Uh, Minecraft. 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 Minecraft seems like it's more more like up to date than those two two versions. Because yeah. World of Warcraft is still two people still play it, and I'm sure people still play Sims. But as far oh, as timeline. Yeah, I love it. They they just came out with a new Minecraft game to where yeah. it's like it's more like a uh, you know like a dungeon um, chaser or whatever you call them. Oh, nice. dungeons. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I mean yeah. they they seem and more relevant today. Too. Oh wow! <laughs> I've so, never uh, played Minecraft, so I don't. I, I know the other one is like Roblox or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's almost sim- it's like a similar version to Minecraft, isn't it, Josh? I don't know if you played. Uh, it. Yeah, I mean I I played I, I sucked away like a weekend through oh. it and like like whenever the hurricane last hurricane came through i picked it back up on the uh the nintendo but i mean you know the there there are several different versions so people have like so many different mods but they've they've got a a brand new version out that's that's more like um i forget what was the what was the dungeon master um arcade game that was out like uh dragon's you know, lair you mean Dragon? Dragon, Dragon Quest was where you the had one like where you four made decisions and you gauntlet. Oh, dra- oh, got all the four gauntlet. Yeah, 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 yeah so they've yeah. got one that's like Gauntlet. Oh, um, they, damn, that was such a good game too. Oh I, yeah, yeah uh, very reminiscent of Gauntlet. Oh, that's cool though. That'd be a good remake game to do to bring back. I mean, so that's uh, that's yeah, that's what I take. I think it's just basically a last effort to make uh, to make them relevant. Yeah, to show like you know, hey, listen, hey, look look how he plays. Check it out. You know, maybe you want to do the same thing yourself. I mean, again, not a bad effort. I mean, I've seen, I've heard of movie studio, well, uh, digital like uh, animation or, or uh, CGI companies that will help produce a movie um, just for the purpose of showing what they can do. But the movie itself is probably crap. Yeah. But yet again, you can see like. Literally, just- it's like, oh, the movie's crap. But that CGI, though, that was butter. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's well, actually. That- yeah, they they had a game that was like that, uh, or or not a game. I'm sorry, they had a they had a um, series that came out. Um, you remember the used? Um, they came out with a CD, um, and the the one where the bird eats the worm. Um, that that track was on there, and they had this big blockhead character on. 
on the front of it. Well, um, some movie, I forget which movie studio, um, but a movie studio really liked that art. So they contacted the artist and uh, they wanted to do a, um, a web series with this artist. And so like they developed this entire web series within the Unreal Engine 2 or 3 at the time mm-hmm. and had had developed like this entire series based upon that just to showcase like what they could do with with just a you know video game engine at the time so you know yeah. that there are definitely instances out there of that 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 are exactly that yeah they just capitalize on that and 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 then that's that's pretty much what you said that stems are are Maybe this is just like, oh, this is what we could do now, and at the end they'd be like, oh, Sims Five, like you're actually in the game now this time. And you would think, right now, <laughs> you would think right now, especially with a bunch of people, you know, locked in their houses, whatever, you would think like a game like Sims, especially if it was like really well done, people would be like, oh, well, if I can't go out or do something, let me go in the virtual world and go yeah, out let and me, do something. Let me see how that works out there. <laughs> so, I, mean, I don't think that, this isn't. I don't think this is a space. For a ton of growth, but I think it's definitely a space mm-hmm. to retain the market share that they have. Yeah, and I, and I and I think that it will definitely provide a breath of fresh air for those folks that are really there, and maybe mm-hmm. incorporate some new. But that's not going to move the needle, I don't think, too much for them. But I definitely mm-hmm. going to strengthen their staying power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there yeah. if there are people that are still playing EverQuest, there are people that are still oh, playing yeah. some. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So, I, I have friends Absolutely. that do that 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 stream, and they still stream. Retro games, like I think one that just finished was doing a whole run of uh, Paper Mario. He was like, I'm "Oh just, yeah, I'm gonna do run Paper Mario from beginning to end." I was like, <laughs> and I watched him; it was fun. And I was like, and there's people, and there was people that were there watching that would mm-hmm. just enjoy the game because they play it as well. And those are yeah. games that are replayable. Their replayability is so high. And with, with with that game, but with Sims, they're always evolving. Of like, you could do different characters, and I guess build cities and build community mm-hmm. from it. So yeah, so I don't think like uh, how how Matt was saying that the needle is going to pu- push way yeah. over that is going to bring a lot of attention to them, but it's going to move enough to either keep the cu- keep the audience that they have and maybe slightly grow. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I, I agree with that. Like my son, he played Bayonetta and then he went back and played the old Bayonetta. Oh. <laughs> you know? So it's like he's like that kind of player. Like with all like with the with all the Zelda stuff. Yeah. He's gone back and played every one of them. You know. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. I mean, I've still got NES upstairs with yeah. with my gold disc of Zelda. Oh <laughs> yes, so Link to the Past. Yeah, was that Link to the Past? Looks... No, it was not Link to the Past on that one, the gold one. I thought that you were like making a genuine comment. I didn't know that you were actually trying to name the game. Yeah, <laughs> it was called. I think it was called Link to the Past, but it's not, I think that was a yeah. Game Boy one. Uh, Link, to, uh, Link to the Past. Right? Yeah, I think it was Link to the Past. Oh, so you're right. There you go. I was yes. All right, so next news on with television is um, they finally cast uh, Javika Leslie uh, to replace Ruby Rose in the title for season two of Batwoman. So I, one thing I like is she, I was looking into her like IMBD and she hasn't made very much movies. I think this is her first lead in a major television series. And I like that because I never like when they replace a character into uh, a show, like uh, replacing the lead, and it's somebody that it's new. Like everybody knows them, so you already have an expectation of how their caliber of work prior to bringing here. I like when they bring somebody that's just into the game or just new into the industry, mm-hmm. and they want to try to prove themselves to be in that role. And the way she looks, I think that she will do great. I don't know. 
I mean, it's not it's nothing against her. I just I'll be honest, man. I've never seen uh Batwoman show. Like it didn't really appeal to me. And I and I love all the uh the, the other like DC TV shows that they have, but I don't know that that one didn't appeal as much to me. And um, you know, Ruby Rose was was the draw at the time. Yeah. And I don't know if the show's really good or still any good, but this is only the second season. It's not like they went like nine seasons and decided to replace the main person, which they've done with other shows. But this is like the only the second season. So I don't. Well, mm-hmm. Isn't isn't the character that she's going to be doing in this is is that Ryan uh, Wilder one? I'm not sure if that's going to be the real name of the person, mm-hmm. but it's a character that they created for, for this. Show, it's not yeah. out of the comics. Well, yeah, so, yeah. So that, yeah, we, uh, yeah. She's going to be a new, brand new character they're creating from scratch for the show. That's not well, exactly. Yeah, going to yeah. be related to the comic books, which I don't like because I want them to reference the comic books to pull people that watch the show to the comic books to help the comic book industry to create more. Mm, that's what I'm saying. But it's that's like, the only thing is like if she oh, does I, really well, then they will create a comic book I based just, off of her. But this is the well, they, they kind of already ruined that with the first season. Though yeah. the first season yeah. they had, like it, it was just completely not anything based off the comic books. It was um the Mad Hatter's um Alice oh. essentially was um the the big bad villain in that, and the, it turns Wait. out that that it was <laughs> Batwoman's long lost sister. Yeah. Um, and so, like, like it was just so far That's, away from yeah. anything. With that sounds so already. convoluted. Like, just. yeah, <laughs> that was one thing I was reading that people were saying. Like, so if the big bad is, is her twin sister or her sister, how how is this girl, this new one's going to come in and just like, oh, I'm going to fight your sister mm. without having no relations with her prior? I'm going to have a new like. I don't know. It's, <laughs> like I said, it's 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 weird because even if she does a good job, especially because of the the, the lack of popularity from the first one. It, she's not gonna have a lot of like, um, like you know, buzz to keep the show going. So it's yeah. like she can do a good job, but the question is, who's gonna watch it? Yeah, the only way they're gonna. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that's completely there, dude. I watched the first episode and I was out. Yeah, <laughs> done. I was like, oh, done. Yeah, I made it halfway through the season. I'm but... Not gonna watch that. Yeah, but the... I just didn't. Li- I just did not. I just did not like the actress that they chose for that. Oh, I just did Rose? not. Yeah. Well, actually, I I remember they were talking about. I mean, I, and I'm, that's what I, I think I'm kind of disappointed is that there was one actress that said that she wanted to play the role. I think that that way it was was the girl who plays Rosa from uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. And I was like, I'd watch that. Like again, it's huh? she's bringing the people, she's bringing the popularity. But Rosa from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine said, I think she said that she would well, like to play Latina the role. Latina girl. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she's the mean one in uh, the show. But you know, I like her. I like her character in the show, and I like her as a. I mean, I've looked at other things that she's done. And I like her. So for her to say that she would do it, I would, I would check. I would and check I could see out. her be more animated than how Ruby Rose was because I think she was very really dry throughout the. Every time she had a scene, she was really dry when she came up on screen so it just I honestly it, pull, think it pulled Rose me away from like her. that from every scene that was her scene. like that's her, her stereo, uh what is it her stereotype role that she's gonna get like the uh, the off she cuff, just yeah, she silent, stays quiet mysterious. she walks around and she just kind of like looks that's it that's <laughs> like all lost i have nothing against the girl i've just never seen her do anything she's always just kind of just walks around and stands in the scene but she gets credit for being in these movies <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad gig if you can get it. Uh, hey, I got nothing against it. It's just like <laughs> it would be nice to see, you know, if she has a skill set or maybe she can develop it. But it seems like nobody lets her talk. <laughs> yeah, they're like just stand there, just be quiet, and then yeah. you'll get the attention you need. <laughs> <laughs> but let, let's see how she does. I, I think the only way that they're gonna attract more people 
for me, like for Ruby Rose was when they did the Arrowverse crossovers. When I when I saw like a couple, I'm like, oh, I'll mm. probably watch a couple of episodes. And like Matt, like after the first, maybe second episode, I was like, I can't do it. I couldn't continue. You want to hear, hear this something funny? What? So I watched, I, I you know, I watched Arrow. I mean, I still I still got to catch up, but I watch Arrow and I watch Flash. I've never at that uh, to one point I did not see uh, the. The Star uh, Supergirl, yeah, and I did not see the other spinoff, the Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, I'd never seen those two shows at a certain point. But then when they started doing the crossovers, I have a weird compulsion to just watch everything in order. That I I watched binge watched those two like uh, shows. I think for like three seasons each, just to watch the crossover episodes. That doesn't same way. <laughs> that sounds like Josh. Josh, I call him Josh the Completer. I I can't help it. It's just every time they do crossovers, like. Oh man, okay, all right. Now I gotta watch all these other shows just because I want to catch any slight little references they might be. And you know yeah. what's funny? That happened to me the first time when they did the first crossover of all of them, and then I realized like, oh, I don't need to watch the other two shows because they only do like two or three episodes just to bring that into tie into it. And after that, they're just gone into back into their own universe or their own problems. I'm like. I'll just watch the crossovers and just be done with it because I want to watch what happens with Flash and Arrow at the time and just like, I'm just going to buzz them off just know, to watch a crossover episode. I, I can't help myself. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weird compulsion. It's like, I know this has nothing to do with it, but. So I, th- I think Nick is, it. I think Nick is only up to the second crossover. He hasn't done none no, of the I, others. I can't remember how many, but yeah, I, I got to catch up. It's, just, <laughs> it's exhausting when you think you have, to, you have to catch up to like, you know. Not just like one or two episodes, but like the other 20, 30 episodes from all the other shows you got to catch up on. Yeah, just to get one, <laughs> just to be in sequence with all of them. And you hey. can't read a synopsis. You have to actually invest yeah. the time. Though. Yeah. I can't help it because I, 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 I catch the little, smallest little details in anything I watch. So it's going to bother me if I don't watch it. If I don't catch it myself, like, oh, I heard that part or I saw that part, I just, it's going to bother me. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do synopsis either. Because I'm like, there's some there's some type of dialogue that's going to continue or is going to be a foreshadowing in the ne- next three episodes that I can't, I don't want to miss. <laughs> and just be like, oh, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right. So let's get on to a little bit of movie news. So the first uh, movie news is that they have a Peter Pan reboot and they're having talks of Jude Law as playing captain hook uh i i don't want to for some reason i'm not interested in doing another peter pan reboot because this is like the third one okay so here's my question though because then i heard reboot and i was thinking okay wait but disney right now is remaking their cartoon classics so the question is is this a because i mean i don't know if the other live action peter pan movies were disney or based on their, their cartoon okay but is this so, one the reboot? For, I mean, is the live action for their actual cartoon? So here's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. Peter Pan is one of these unique properties that nobody truly owns the rights over. It was originally a storyline for, like, a, a London hospital mm-hmm. um, that was a children's ward. Mm-hmm. And they built this story of Peter Pan for all the terminal kids. Wow. Um, to go off to Neverland, and so they built the story around there to help those kids out. Yeah, it's traditionally um, it's pantomimes, what it actually yeah, is, and yeah, that's yeah. how it started. Which is an interactive theater that would yeah. involve the kids and stuff like that. And that's what they did with the hospitals. Yeah. yeah, and so, but but Disney did the uh, did the um, the cartoon for it, but they never procured the rights for it, and so either that or they let the rights lapse, and um, and so since then you've had you know everybody and their mother. That's been able to make yeah. uh, 
you know, content based upon yeah. the character of Peter yeah. Pan. Mm-hmm. But this one is supposed to be true to the cartoon from what I've heard. So then this, yeah, then the answer to my question, this is basically Disney's uh, live action version of their, their cartoon. Their version of Peter Pan. Yeah, so it's not going to be a reimagining or re-anything. It's going to be just the story that we know from the cartoon as, a, as opposed to as the other the other versions of it, which is kind of sad because honestly, if I could get any version of Peter Pan done right now, it would be the one from Once Upon a Time. I don't know uh, if anybody's watched that show. Oh, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that was. Yeah. That was a weird, dark. Real twisted one. Oh, yeah. That's... And then like when they go like more of a twisted route with, with fair, like certain like well, that's how children's stories. Off. Yeah. They started off as. But sometimes they, they veer off so much to like uh, geared to kids that they'll mm-hmm. lose their sense of how they originally started started with. I mean. And keeping it that I think way. They all kind of already. They all kind of were for kids, but they were warning for kids. Yeah. You know, like they always had a message, don't do this or don't do that. Yeah. Now it's just mm-hmm. more just like Peter Piper. Not just fantasy story. <laughs> oh, yeah, Peter Piper. I mean, if you yeah. listen to like the original versions of like Cinderella, what they, you know. With the seven dwarves? Well, no, no, uh, not Cinderella. Uh, um, is this not? Yeah, Cinderella, the yeah. one with the, the two evil stepsisters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, back into like the Brother Grimm's type of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like what they actually did to try to fit in those shoes, that was, yeah, it's dark. <laughs> That's yeah. super dark. Oh, yeah. But uh, one thing that it was, I, I like Jude Law in, in, in the sense I like him as an actor. But the other one that you did, you told me that was originally in talks was uh, Joaquin Phoenix. That's what, yeah, that's what the article said. Now, and that, that kind of indicates a different version of uh, what kind of movie they're going to make. Yeah, because he gets into his role and, and he's more of a serious actor. He'll commit to it. But that'd be interesting. I think I think if I had to choose, I would go Joaquin Phoenix before Jude Law. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like Jude Law has kind of a mixed bag. You know, you don't know if he's gonna do. He can do serious. He could do, you know, over the top, or he can do uh, just silly. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, I feel like, has more of a repertoire of being more of a serious actor. So it kind of kind of gives you a little bit of a peek of what they what they're thinking about. That yeah. that would be that would be interesting. Yeah, I heard the same thing about Joaquin Phoenix. There's a third yeah. actor too, um, but I, I can't recall. I've, I've been searching for it. Um, I can't recall which other actor it was, but it was it was Joaquin Phoenix. It was somebody completely like like around the the state of Joaquin Phoenix, where you know it was it was going to be a, a much darker look at the character than I think mm-hmm. what Jude Law will take out. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think. Jude Law probably presents a uh, a, a much he's a safer lighter, pick. Safer pick. Yeah, I think yeah. he's definitely a safer pick. I mean, not, I mean, you just don't know what you get with Joaquin. Who knows what you get with that? <laughs> yeah, it you could don't. Be one hell of a ride, but man, who? I mean, I'd like to see it. But yeah. I think Jude can handle it. I mean, without question, oh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he's he'd be fine with yeah. it. But 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 that other piece is what you're talking about when you want to talk about rebooting a property. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do you're gonna do that, and you bring in the Phoenix dude. Yeah, you're you're really gonna get something special, probably. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, I'll tell you right now, any, any almost any movie worth worth watching is always to me like based on its villain. Like a hero is great, the hero is wonderful, and that's the person you want to make sure you root for. But the villain just makes the story as much interesting. So, I mean, I'm hoping they're focusing more on Captain Captain Hook because the other one's always been like Captain Hook is a nuisance rather than actual villain. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the only one that's done it right so far is the cartoon. That's done it with right with Captain Hook. Because mm-hmm. Captain Hook, you got more of a, a look into the character yeah. with the cartoon than you it's have. It's hard. It's else. hard to say that the animated brings more. It's <laughs> <laughs> true though. It's true, and you had one called Hooked too. Yeah. Who was the other person that that who played Hook? 
in, in Captain who could click Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman has played him, yeah. Yeah. He was alright, but I, 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 I mean but obviously he played him in the the one with um Robert Williams. Robert Williams. That was a whole different story arc. Yeah. It was like he's way older and coming back to, right. to Neverland. But yeah, that was a good re- re- reimagining of uh storytelling for Captain H- for Peter Pan. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I think like like Matt said, this is a way safer bet. Yeah. To go with Jude Law. Especially marketing wise. I mean, you know, he's kid friendly, but at the same time maybe he can play a darker role. Yeah, that's true. Will Smith. Will Will Smith was the was the third actor. Wow. Oh, really? Wow. For Captain Hook? Yeah. Not for Captain Hook. That, Will that... Smith passed on it and, and it went to Jude Law. He's still counting that Aladdin money. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's, he's got some personal things that are going on right now, so <laughs> <laughs> He's, yes, uh, yeah. he's caught up in an entanglement. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so, then he's in. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. I, that would be the. I wouldn't want him. No, Will he's Smith. not a good villain. I mean, no. Will Smith for me is a good actor, but when Will Smith plays an act, when plays a character, there's very few times I don't. I just see the character, not Will Smith. Most of the times, I see Will Smith playing. A character, B he has, character. He has the uh, Kevin Costner disease. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yes. No, it's true. But I it's, never thought about that. But yes, Kevin Costner has the same. <laughs> well, it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it's also relevant to like I don't think him and The Rock. I don't think they can ever really truly play villains. And it's nothing against them. It's just that they're always based on charm. You know how charming or interesting. Like, you know. So it's difficult to to create a villain that you would actually be afraid of, or you know, you know. I, I think Rock Rock could do way better than Will Smith because one, yeah. he's mm-hmm. he's he's been in the wrestling world, so he has to play a villain at some point in time, and he could sell that. Plus, he's going to be Black Adam for the next Shazam, so he is a villain there. Mm-hmm. So he's been pushing for that project to mm-hmm. be Black Adam. So I well, think. He did, he did the Scorpion King too, where he was yeah. the the villain within. Oh the, yeah, the well, he was. Uh, Let's be honest. He wasn't. He was CGI. Didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I got. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to remember the. But he actually did the the sequel. But even the sequel, the actual movie of him, he was a hero in that one. Oh yeah, he yeah. was the Scorpion King. Yeah. 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 The mummy. All he did was get the people's eyebrow on. Yeah. <laughs> that's all he needed. <laughs> that's that's all he needed. Something that was it. Yeah, he sold them on one night. They got him a lot more things out of him from that point out. <laughs> Yeah, but lastly, last word of project, last project coming up or news, really is uh, they already have a director for the Wolfman reboot starring uh, Ryan Gosling, which is uh Lehigh Wendell, yeah. which was the director of uh, Invisible Man. So yeah, one thing is I loved in the Invisible Man, the way they took that perspective, what people thought how it would be is in a completely different 180 180 spin on it um and i do like the director and i do like and i know the person that was originally pushing this project was ryan gosling because he wanted to take that 1941 um theme or story of a wolfman and put into modern day and what universal did was that they started with uh the mummy because they wanted to do a dark universe a universal monster universe and they because the mummy dropped bombed so bad what they did, and which is a great idea, is that they took a step back and they were like, let's do smaller budgets with more original ideas into that story. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to they're gonna be able to provide a lot more fan service 
on a perspective of those original monsters if they're going that route, stepping fo- moving forward. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, what he did with Invisible Man was was impressive because, I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, but I loved that he did was um, he basically, like, just showed you nothing. Like, he would just show you nothing. You're just still there, like, freaked out by you. Like, you're just, like, you know, expecting something. I mean, he did a great job with the role, but I don't know how Wolfman's going to play because obviously this, the Invisible Man that I thought was great was that he turned it into more of a psychological abuse thriller of this woman. So Wolfman, I mean, to do it well would be more like a murder mystery where you're like the whodunit version of it, maybe. Like he's a detective and he's well, the one that he's trying to find who's killing all these people and it's himself he's trying to find. Well, no, no, no. Um, Because I think the original Wolfman, if I'm not mistaken, is more of a... You know, he, he, the one person gets bitten and then he starts to turn. But the, it's always been the question throughout the movie is who did it? Like, who was one that turned me and who's going around doing this? Maybe the person believes it's himself at first and then they start to suspect, you know, and then the reveal. So I'm just wondering if it's going to be more focused on the whodunit version of it rather than just, you know, the whole Wolfman aspect of it. So I think I think if you look at his other film repertoire, mm-hmm. um, uh, 1L. Mm-hmm. You can kind of get an idea as far as what directions can go in. Um, so Wanell also did, other than The Invisible Man, which which was critically acclaimed, um, he did uh, Insidious, the entire Insidious series. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then he did the entire Saul series as well. So, um, you know, it's I would say it's probably going to be dark and there's probably going to be some gore, but I don't know as far as like a – a detective side to it. Uh, I think more a psychological thriller than, than, um, noir detective type yeah. of, um, you know, figuring out who maybe, maybe, you know, I, I think if you look at the first insidious, maybe I think that with the one, wasn't the, the one with, um, um, with, uh, uh, Hawk, uh, Ethan Hawk, Kevin Bacon in it. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. It's where yeah. He, there was a little bit of that. So, you know, so, as far as like him trying to figure out what what happened within the house that that they were seeing the insidious activity within. Oh, I think you're thinking that, about a like, uh, stir of echoes. No, there was another one that was Wait, like Kevin Bacon did that too, though. Yeah, Kevin Bacon did that, but there was one that was, it was either insidious or it was very much like insidious. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Oh, the, I know that he recently did one right now um, that just recently came out. I forgot the name of it. Where something about like he moved into a house that uh, there was just abnormal no, things about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't one, but mm-hmm. it was it was around the same time. Like, you know how they always do the the movies that, that are very similar to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. The twin movies. Times. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like that. I just can't the darkness. Remember. No, it wasn't the darkness. Mm-hmm. I oh fine. But mm-hmm. it's um if it wasn't insidious then 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 this point's not relevant. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Well, Josh and I also, uh, we, we again, we don't know names. And when we think we know a name that belongs somewhere, then by golly, it should have been there. Yeah, <laughs> we're the same way. Uh, we're like, that was he in that movie? No. Oh, he should be then. <laughs> I'm just, honestly, I'm just hoping that this uh, this Wolfman is going to, it. to me, the bar that it has is set is not in, not necessarily just any other Wolf movie, but the one with Jack Nicholson. If anybody remembers that, it's been a while, but oh god, that's old, dude. Yeah, yeah I remember that. But that was actually, if I remember correctly, that was actually really good. Hollow yeah, Man. Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking of Hollow Man. It was um. Uh, you sure it's not the? 
Stir the one on Stir of Echoes, you no, said. No, it wasn't it's... Stir of Echoes. It was, it was around the same time, but mm. um, it wasn't The Darkness. I found okay. that one as well. Right. It was it was it was the same premises as what um, what Insidious was, and it's became like a series in itself. But he only did the first one, hmm. um, and I can't. It's gonna drive me crazy now. I'm gonna wake <laughs> up. Be like, what was this? Yeah. But. I'm trying to see if I can find it too with you guys, but yeah. So I'm looking at his thing, his list. But yeah, so with Wolfman, I I do feel that uh, is going to be another critically acclaimed, based on what Universal wants with their story. So they they're going to be, I think they're going to be more nitpicky on how the story is being told or how it's being scripted because I know it's being written now, and the directors having some more input on the. On the screen, on well, the if they, if they let him do it, because I mean, obviously, the mummy didn't do so well. So, and the guy, the Invisible Man, did so much better. If they let well, the people yeah, that I made think, that make it again, well, I think the Invisible Man's what put it back at the property, even exactly. the whole context of this monster universe back on the map. And yeah, they realized that they were able to do it. And I think that, um, yeah, they got to be smart with the way that they handle these yeah. properties. I mean, you can't just pull out the, you know, like, you know, we're not going to see the old, uh, like Bella Lugosi type stuff. We're gonna get we're gonna get fresher, newer, more innovative approaches to it. And if yeah. they can do that, Universal's sitting on a gold mine. But they gotta oh, execute yeah. it right though. And and I think that we're ta- all the things that we're talking about are definitely things that I think are gonna be have to be components and be considered when they go forward with this. And it has to be more than just a, a horror flick because those are a dime a dozen. So it's gotta yeah. have substance, you know. Yeah, because I think when they did the Mummy, they were like, oh, let's just get it put. A lead, like a top leading man, Tom Cruise, and just just shove it with mm-hmm. as much money as you can, and people will watch it just on the base of bringing Tom Cruise in, and it didn't do that. So now they were like, that's how I said, it. like they had to step back. We're like, all right, now that we have this property, and like Matt said, they're, they're sitting on a gold mine. Yeah. We need to treat it with some type of respect on how it came, and also understanding where we're at currently on what people going to movies to expect. Because I know my for myself is like. A lot of the new movies that come out are so predictable that you, yeah. it becomes boring to watch. Of course. I'm like, I watch it to the end just because I'm like, I'm already investing 45 minutes into my life of watching it. Let me see how it ends because I know how it's going to end. I started this little game sometimes where I'll write down the ending on a piece of paper and give it to the person next to me and then finish watching the movie. Like it's- <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole point is, is like half of them are so forgettable. So yeah. like you sit there and watch it and if, uh, name three characters' names in the show. And yeah. sometimes you can't even think of it. Though. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it, it's just. Well, I think I think what gives me hope about this one in particular is who they have, who's producing it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you guys saw this, but Jason Blum mm-hmm. is is producing Blum it from Blumhouse, Blumhouse. Yes. Studios. Yeah. So, you know, with with a with a name like that and the the repertoire that Jason Blum has, yeah, I think that that is enough to to steer in a right direction. Yeah. Right? Well, they got yeah. a good engine going the right direction you have three great names right there that's it yeah and one thing with blum and blumhouse is that just to go off off script a little bit with Mm -hmm. it is that i've been to i've been to the point that i look at what production company is working on a movie yeah and for my thing is anytime it's uh what was the one that that just came out like twisted Lionsgate, anything Lionsgate. i'm like i i know 80 percent of the times i'm gonna enjoy it because they they're more picky or more selective on what movies they're going to be 
producing because mm-hmm. they're they're I think they're medium sized budget company and mm-hmm. they do great titles. So I've gone mm-hmm. to that point. I'm like, who's producing the movie? Who's the production company? Is Lionsgate? Nine out of ten times I'll watch it, and most of the times I will enjoy the movie because their stories, even though predictable, they were more enjoyable than other big budget production companies. Yeah. No, I I I don't disagree with that. I mean, they definitely will. They'll give you the little bit extra that you need. Yeah. You know, visually and everything else. You know, so as well as content usually. So. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Kevin Bacon. Oh. It was. I was thinking of the movie Sinister. Sinister was a lot like that, but I was I was confusing that for Insidious. Well, it should have been Kevin Bacon. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been Kevin Bacon. Yeah, but I guarantee you, he's yeah. probably seven degrees removed. Yeah. from Kevin. Was, was, was Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's like the the thing of these. I like Ethan Hawke, but it, it, have you noticed he's he's been in a lot a lot of uh, horror movie starters. Like he he does these movies a great concept very original like he did obviously he did the first purge yeah he did uh insidious he did um no sinister sinister sorry he did sinister and he did that one vampire daybreakers daybreakers so he yeah, jumps on these like kind of like original idea style horror movies and yeah once they pick up once they pick up fee and start running them like he's like I'm out <laughs> <laughs> just does the Irish goodbye like yeah all right guys it's been good yeah. I got my money. I'm out. I'm gonna do something else, another small project that gives me more more flexibility on what I want to do, and that's that's great with that. All right, so yeah, he's just an actor, so yeah, good. So now we go into our dream casting, yeah, portion. So this week we decided to. Uh, my wife actually picked out Once Bitten, starring Jim Carrey, his first feature film, Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. uh, that he plays. I think his name is Mark. Mark, yeah. that. He is a virgin, and this countess or vampirist has to come in every year and suck the venom of a virgin three times to uh, prolong her life and her youth and fullness. Yeah. So in the process of it, he gets bitten twice, and then at the end of the movie, he ends up hooking up with his girlfriend or someone he was attracted to. No, it was long. It's four years. He was like, yeah, it was his, long it just feels like his girlfriend of six years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, at the end, that she dies and. Well, That's she doesn't a, die. She, she no, the, the the she just gets old. She gets old, and the assistant goes, oh, "We could find another virgin." Well, that was the whole. The, I think the whole. Obviously, the whole movie was a commentary on the fact that you know people don't keep virginity the way they used to, or something. Yeah. So leading to that, it was it was very a very nineteen uh, eighty teen sex comedy when it came out. <laughs> so our goal is to. That was a piece of eighties cheese there, baby. Oh, big time. Eighties <laughs> Gouda cheese, yeah, for real. It was like insane. <laughs> So now what we're going to do is uh, doing a dream casting of who would we want as the four actors in the movie plus a director to who would have be able to portray that story best in current times. Uh, you know what? We'll kick it off to Matt first. So who you got, Matt? Oh, to me first. Okay. I didn't get the director part, though. I have to think. I mean, you may have to come back to me on my, my director, but I'm going a couple different routes, though. Okay. All right. All right. Let's see. So I'm just doing, by the way, I'm just doing like the... Um, the top four people, and then yeah. I have one buddy. I was trying to think of two buddies, but I really couldn't come up with two buddies. They were kind of like <laughs> same you know, route, <laughs> you know. But anyway, so count for my count, my uh, my countess. You gotta go. Uh, my first pick is uh, Sophie uh, Vigera from Modern Family. Yes. Come on. Everyone should be standing up and applauding that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're all nodding. We're like, I'm yeah. definitely was nodding okay, here. Because right, I'm going to be gorgeous. in charge of costuming of this too, just so you know. So, <laughs> all right. 
Now, do you want my number two or, or wait on that? No, I want your number two. Is uh, uh, Christina Hendricks from Mad Men? Come on again. Ooh. Okay. Christina all Hendricks? Right, anyway. Yeah. I can see okay. that. All right, all right. Okay, but I like, I think, I mean, I mean, my. Not your first. One, is... <laughs> first pick, number one, Sophie. So, all right, moving on to Mark Kendall, the Jim Carrey character. Mm-hmm. Now, I had two. And my first one is I was trying to stay kind of like in that age period too of where these actors might be age wise but timothy chalamet um because he does a lot of dramatic but he also has a comedic side to him so i thought that that would be you know for looking at casting something could be interesting but i think a good character that could play this well too would be zach efron so and and he can play younger i mean i I look at the kind of way he's like he played in baywatch and stuff like that you know he has a very funny side and the one he did with him and his brother went to a wedding or something was funny yeah uh is he is is he too smooth though for the role yeah i was like you gotta believe is he is he like he's gotta be a little he's he's like he's like looking at him and you're like you don't think he gets poontang he's an 18 year old virgin (laughs) like that's what he have to believe Uh, is okay all right, well, then Timothy Shalom, I definitely call him that. He looks like a chick, so he's probably, you know. <laughs> so then for the girlfriend, um, I took uh, Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. Okay, I thought she'd yeah. be a good pick for the girlfriend. Or, or um, the, the little assassin chick from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Massey Williams. Oh, Macy yes. Williams. Yeah. Yes. So those are my two Robin picks. And then for the uh, butler, um, and just for pure joy, because I think he does play funny as we saw in Elf, is Peter Dinklage. Uh, <laughs> or Kim Jong guy, the guy, the uh, Asian dude from uh, the. Uh, oh, yeah, you, uh, from uh, uh, Hangover. Yeah, Community and uh, Hangover yeah, and stuff yeah, like Dr. that. Ken. Yeah, yeah, I can uh, see him as a yeah. sassy butler. Yeah. And then the two buddies, that's where I was struggling with. I only came up with one, and again, I'm still picking from Stranger Things, but the older brother, um, Joe Keery, I think is his name. I thought he'd be all right as a as a sidekick, but uh, that's what I got, guys. So right. That's a solid cast. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's And, and uh, we'll come back to you with who you think would be a good director. Okay. All right. How about you, Nick? We'll, we'll switch it up. Okay. So, oh, first off, just to give you kind of like, just, I just want to say this out loud. I don't think we, this movie would would do well now. Like, let's just be honest. Like, I was like watching this movie. It's like, yeah, you can't you can't make this movie now. Like, it just it just <laughs> wouldn't work. It just it wouldn't play. But what I you know, if I was gonna remake it, what I would do is I would change it up where it's more of a darker, like more moody uh, type thing. And you know, like kind of like you know, hey, listen, this vampire needs to seduce you know somebody who's a virgin or something like that. It, I think in that case, it might play a little better as far as making it more of a seductive type, you know, movie, like dark and more, you know, thriller or whatever. But yeah, as a comedy, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would play. But just to play with the game, just to see if we can, if we're going to make the Dreamcast of remaking this movie to, uh, uh, right now. Uh, let's see. For The Countess, um, Cameron Diaz. Oh, nice pick. Yeah, I think she I feel like. like I'm a, I feel like I'm at a fantasy draft. Good pick. <laughs> Good pick. <laughs> she was on the board still. The <laughs> she hasn't done a movie in a while, but I think you know, hey, listen, you know, you're trying to pick somebody who might. Because I noticed one thing about the in the movie. Because I'm in my. I mean, honestly, I, the girlfriend was way more beautiful than 
than the Countess, but the Countess gave like an older, like uh, older, you know, Mrs. Robinson feel to it. So you need somebody who maybe looks older. So I think Cameron Diaz can can do hot and older at the same time very well. So oh, yeah. that's why I kind of went with her. Um, with Jim Carrey's character, um, I picked two people, but I think I'm going to go with my original pick, which was, uh, uh, Col- uh, I think it's a like, uh, Column Worthy. Column Worthy? Um, yeah, he's from the, the, the body. Then uh, he's like from a bunch of Disney shows. Um, I think he's... He's a, he's always a very animated, very silly guy. Um, trying to think of another, something else. He's have you guys seen that body? The um, it's like a YouTube movie where or like rap battling. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. Trying to think, what was it? Um, he was on a TV show that was really popular. One with like um, it was a Disney show. But yeah, if you ever if you get a chance to look him up, um, yeah, if you see his face, you'll see it looks like. He kind of looks like a young Jim Carrey. What's his name? Kyle what? Uh, I think it's uh, Colum Worthy. Oh, Colin. Colum, yeah, Colum. Yeah. Colum Worthy. Uh, he had like a lot of... He was like in uh, National Lapoon. Oh, how, yeah, how yeah, I know he is. Now I see him. He could, be, he could, do, he could double as a Weasley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely, um, yeah. So I don't know. I felt like he would be animated, like... I was gonna go. He was my first. Or he was in my my second pick, um, but I, I just can't get over the fact that if you look at him, he kind of I can see him doing a young uh, Jim Carrey as far as being very animated the way Jim Carrey was. Um, I was gonna go with something a little bit more um, like, like well acted or Gibbs, maybe somebody else who can who can bring it on. It was uh, the other one was gonna be uh, Griffin. I think it's Griffin Glutch. Glutch is it? Griffin Glutch. Gluck. Um, he did an, a movie with. Uh, uh, the guy from St- King of Staten Island. Um, oh yes, something uh, adolescent, like um, yeah, he was in Tall Girl. Yeah, just just go with it. Yeah, he was a little kid. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. he was the yeah. younger kid of the King of Staten or the um, God. What was the name of the movie? Now? Uh, yeah, something he, adolescent. He has a carry. He has a carry yeah. look to him too. Yeah, he has a carry look to him. I thought he was going to be a better draw um, than because. The other the other character I named, you know, he was he's, he's animated, he's good. It's just I haven't seen him in anything in such a long time. I feel like this new actor would be definitely a bigger draw if you were going to make the movie. Um, okay, so that would that would be him. Um, the girlfriend, I didn't put too much thought into the girlfriend just because it just had to be somebody who could play kind of. I felt like I had to play somebody who was who can play kind of down, where she's very kind of like you know girl next door, but then with a little, you know, just made up can be the hottest one in the room. Um, and I picked, uh, her name is Sophia Carson. Uh, she was in, uh, the descendants that, that, uh, Disney series. Um, beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, I'm trying to think what other she's done, but she's, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous, but I can see her also playing that kind of first, very humble, very, you know, preacher's daughter type role. Like the beginning of the movie had. Um, and as far as this is gonna actually gonna be for both, because I felt like this one actor also is good at directing and somebody who can play. Because one thing I liked about the Butler was that he played, he was serious, he delivered his lines very dry, but they were funny the way they came mm-hmm. out. So I was thinking uh, Taco Atiti. Nice, oh, yeah. good I like pick. It. He was still on the board. i think he can do both as far as be in the movie and and direct it um he could direct it too yeah yeah and he and i love his style of comedy he does a very 
kind of dry delivery, but very funny. Like, especially if you watched um, Into the Shadows, the movie and the TV shows. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's my top four. Well, actually, I was going to say I did pick one of the other guys. I couldn't like um, I couldn't pick the other one either. The one of the second ones. But as far as the first one, the funny one, um, one one actor that works a lot with Griffin uh, uh, Gluck was uh, Thomas. Um, was it? I don't want to mispronounce it, but it's uh, a Um, he's um, if you you see him a lot, he's a funny, um, short redheaded kid. In most of the movie, if you watch the the movie Middle School with uh, Griffin, he's the best friend or um, the one that's always always acting with him. And he's he's just a like very animated, uh, short little uh, redheaded guy. Okay, so just so Josh knows, mm-hmm. the ginger is off the board, Josh. <laughs> so no gingers are available at this point in the draft. All right, done. I don't like the fact that there's a token ginger here. <laughs> All right, Josh, who do you got? All right, so I was watching this movie today. Um, today was the first time that I've ever seen it, um, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jim Carrey, but while I was watching it, I leaned a little bit more into the comedy side of it, mm-hmm. and I thought um, if if this movie was made today, there would be no other director that could pull it off except for um, Judd Apatow. Yeah, and so yeah, if you know, I see that. you know, super bad or, or any of those types of movies lean fully into like the the raunchy coming of um, age yeah comic coming of age scene comedy um and so with that um judd apatow often has to have his wife uh <laughs> Catherine, uh keener who was the uh the wife off of uh 40 year old virgin yeah yeah um and so um <clears throat> she would play the countess to give uh, you that that older um mm. you know, milf type of vibe yeah <laughs> um, for for uh for the uh mark kendall character the character that um jim carrey played i went with um jay uh Burchill, um who was on um he's been on a bunch of judd apatow movies as well he was on uh this is the end um he played the leading role in How to Train a Dragon. He was the voice actor. Oh for that. yes, yeah. I I know. What, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's yeah, he he plays that awkwardly funny character so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then specifically for for the two um, friends for the uh, for the one that's got a little bit more charisma, misguided charisma, I would say. <laughs> but for the one that's got more charisma, I thought about um, James Franco's little brother, Dave Franco. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then for the other buddy, um, Michael Sierra, um, who was the other half in Superbad, not yeah. um, the one that's gotten big and famous. I forget his name, yeah. but but the skinnier, lankier one. Yeah, yeah. Rested Development, yeah. Um, Scott and then, Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for, for um, the girlfriend, Robin, I thought Emma Stone would be really good in it. Yeah. She does and that then, well, yeah. Yeah, and then um, for the butler, just because this dude would just dive headfirst into this role, um, Craig Robinson, who was um, who's been in all those movies as well. He's kind of like the you know the, for lack of a better term, the token black guy that's usually within those uh, movies. Yes, 
but he like he i could imagine like him like taking the role into like a completely like like just leaning first head and yes which again is why this wouldn't get made yeah. <laughs> i'm just saying like like if you could do like if you do that ironically then i think that that you, yeah oh no you'd be fine no. i get it just playing <laughs> that's funny great that's, cast that's yeah. a great cast all right so for myself i i Funny enough, my directors was either going to be Taika Waititi mm-hmm. or Judd Apatow. Because they both play comedy on, on a spectrum that could be pushed to the edge without, without going overboard. So, so for my um, lead actor, uh, he's, he's, not, he's known, but I don't think into the spectrum that people would know him that well. It was uh, uh, Will Poulter. He's a kid from the uh, We Are the Millers, the goofy kid, the son, the one that pretends to be the son in We Are the Millers. He was in um, the Maze Runner. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So um, my my vision of this one it was more more because uh, Nick was like, oh, it won't fit into this time frame. I feel like the actors I'm picking play will play a younger role. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking instead of seeing local. That they do like a Euro trip. So it's like tracking them through Europe. So my countress was mm-hmm. either going to be Catherine Zeta Jones or Selma Hayek nice. if they go like to like Spain. Oh, very good picks. Yeah, those are definitely the, top picks those, there too. Uh, they're, they're round ones too. Yeah. Yeah. So for um, my two buzz, uh, for my butler, I had uh, Chris Elliott. Chris oh my Elliot. god, that's fantastic, dude! Chris Elliott from outstanding. Sc- scary, outstanding. Um, scary movies too with the little arm. I'm thinking him. Oh wow! <laughs> and he's going to be much older, so he. I think he's going to lean into that role like how he did there. But I think he's going to just take it to another level because he's a lot yeah. older at that point. So I think, yeah. So I have that. Um, so for my um, girlfriend, because mm-hmm. I wanted her to be a little bit more attractive than the kid, it was going to be uh, Haley Stein. Uh, Haley. Um, Haley Stander? What's her last name? I forget sometimes. Uh, no, wait. What is it? Let me pull it up. Sorry. Give me a second. It was uh, Haley Steinfield. Where's she from? She's from um, uh, Bumblebee. She was uh, Pitch oh. Perfect. Um, it was between her or uh, Maya Hawk, which was Robin from Stranger Things. The girl that worked with at the, at the Scoops. Okay. Ice cream shop. There was either I'm between those, but I'm thinking I'm leaning more towards mm-hmm. um, Haley. Mm-hmm. And then for my two uh, two friends was going to be uh, Shamik Moore, which was in The Get Down. He was uh, on a movie called yeah. Dope on Netflix. Okay, he was on uh, the Wu Tang, and he I think he has a spectrum to play a comedic role or just to be like that that the one that gets you into trouble. Yeah, the one yeah. that like he pushes and forces him yeah. to like, do the things. <laughs> and then the the other best friend was. Uh, the other kid from Stranger Things, uh, Joe uh, Joe Carey, the one who plays Steve. Okay. So that would be my okay. cast. Wait, wait. Uh, wait you got the ball. Okay, so wait. Did, oh, you need the Contrast. Yeah, I got the Contrast, which is yeah. either Katarzyna Jones or Sama Hayek. Yeah, okay. Mark would... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, John. No, no, yeah, I got John Carey. In my head, I'm like, wait. Did you yeah, you got everybody. <laughs> no, that's good. That's great, actually. That's good. Uh, yeah, if it was Sama Hayek, I'd forget about it. You sold me. <laughs> Anything with Sama Hayek for I'd you. I'm done. Wins. I'm just done. <laughs> 
to what about you, man? You the, the, got... Dude, the, the pick of the draft, though, is Chris Elliott, dude. I, I gotta tell you. <laughs> I mean, dude, his work. Have you, have you guys seen uh, Shit's Creek? Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, love Shit's Creek. But dude. I mean, before that, though, go back. Just he had his own cabin. Yeah, oh that, the, like oh, that in itself was outstanding. What the one where he where he uh, he lived with his parents? Um, I forgot that the name oh, of that one. Yeah. That was an old one, but yeah. yeah. Oh, that was old. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's he's his humor was before its time almost yeah. because it, they didn't even know how to take him when he first came out. Yeah. I mean, that was years and years. What was it, Cabin ago. Boy? Cabin Boy was one of my first <laughs> movies that I, I remember <laughs> him that is so memorable. Got from the TV show that that he did. And he had the little menagerie of toys and stuff. It was oh, something else. No, oh, he was yeah. He he's funny. He was yeah. I can see him. I mean, yeah, he's been active for such a long time, and I still see him in so many different things. And he's still whenever he's on screen, he still lights it up. I, I laugh. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I I think for an, a second pick would have been I think Judd Apatow for for the director on that one, because because all the cast that we've picked so far I've listened to, mm-hmm. I'm like Taiki Dytt is good, but I think Judd Apatow would just one up them because I'm thinking like how uh, well, like Josh you, was saying like forty year old virgin. Yeah, they're all they're all very much like uh mm. you know kind of like uh, uh coming into coming of age. Yeah, raunchy so, comedy. Well, I mean, that's the thing, but they're all coming of age in the sense of like okay, these people are growing into a role, especially when it comes to the teen comedy stuff like that. Like you know, it would it, he definitely has uh has a knack for it. So I think yeah, he would do the role better. He would I mean he would uh, play the directing role a lot better. That was good. that was a good selection. Of, I I didn't even think about uh uh Tim- Timothy Elliot. I mean Timothy uh Shamlet. Sh- uh, Shamlet. Yeah. Yeah. Shemlet, yeah. That was oh that was so good. That was a good, <laughs> that was a good pick on that one. And Sophia Vergara, yo, she didn't even cross my mind at all. I was like I was like trying to go. Uh, I didn't even. It was the same realm, mm. but I didn't even know she she didn't even wasn't on my top five. She didn't land it, but now that I think of it, I'm like, yo, she pushes. She she's there. She's oh yeah. I just I, I, mean, I mean again, she's a sleeper pick, but I mean she was there. <laughs> she was there. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was looking at it more just in the sense of like like the actual people. Like I mean, I guess more of like a, the twin version of that character, or I don't know if you if you were really gonna reboot because I mean. How many people right now you can say that to like once bitten? They're like, "What is that?" Like, I knew yeah. what it was when she said it, but I'm like, if I went up to somebody now, my sister or anybody else, they were like, "What's that?" Yeah, very few hey, people. Hey guys, I got to be honest with everybody at this right now. If the four of us wanted to go in and buy the rights to this movie, <laughs> we might be able to do this. Okay? Yeah. So I'm just putting that out there. As long as we can sell that appetite. Yeah. Yeah. As long as we can get a good stream play and sell it to Job Appetite to push it to produce it. Oh man, that was a, though. Yeah, that was fun. That, that was that. was fun. That was a great. That was, that was fun. That was a good pick. Yeah. All right, guys. We're gonna take a quick break and come back with Nix's movie review. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Welcome back, and now we're with Nix's movie review. What's up, people? All right, so this week, uh, the movie I got to review this week was one that got premiered on Netflix this uh, Friday, which the it's called The Old Guard, uh, starring Charlie Theron. Um, I mean, it's uh, let's see, let me give you a little synopsis on it. Um, it's just the movie's about a, a group of immortal uh, mercenaries um, that apparently they try to use their ability to help better the world 
Um, and obviously they find themselves in a precarious situation in this movie. Um, that, I mean, <clears throat> I'm just trying to see like how to explain it without saying too much about it. But yeah, the essentially the premise is a group of immortals that that uh, use their ability to become mercenaries to to help better the world. Um, I so should I just jump into it? Yeah, um, go right into it. Bro. So I like the movie. Um, I did like uh, certain aspects of it as far as I I liked that the movie kind of focused on more telling the story of who they are individually. Um, I kind of wished I would have seen a couple more scenes where they showed them um, like what their mission technically is as far as helping people using their abilities. I felt like it, was, it just kind of jumped right into the current story rather than building up, I guess, what they were doing before that. Um I do want to say like that that there are two things that I really wasn't too happy with regards to the movie. I thought, like I said, I liked the movie. I liked the actors. Um, I liked the storyline in regards to how they built up the characters individually and who they were and stuff like that. Uh, the two things I was not too pleased with, um, I think could have been better if they kind of fixed on these things, uh, was uh, the villain. Um, I don't know. For me, like I said, for me, a movie is built on a villain. Like, you have to have a, a reason, like, you know, if you're going to build, especially if you're going to have a great climax, you have to have a great villain. And I just felt like this one just didn't sell it on, sell me on it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he that, that one particular character can play a very specific type of villain. But as far as the one that he tried to play in this one, I didn't I didn't buy it. Um, the other thing, too, was I felt like this movie kind of, uh, I don't want to say suffered or possibly maybe suffered. Basically, it reminded me of Bright. Uh, do you remember that one other Netflix movie with Will Smith? Yeah. Great movie, mm-hmm. great actors, great storyline, great world building. But both move, both of these movies, I felt like they started to fall fall, like fall, uh, fall off when they started to build into something that felt like a series instead of just ending the movie itself. And that's where I think it lost me, where it's like I think the, towards the end of this movie and towards the end of Bright... It felt like they were just trying to build into the next one. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, oh, but, you know, and this one right first and then maybe whatever. But, yeah, I think that was that was the part that I started to lose me where I was like, okay, wait, they're building. Oh, I was going through the same issue with that. Every time the, like, the movie would pick up, they'll just tell, tell go into a straight backstory. I'm like, uh, I'm like an hour into the movie. Is, is it necessary at this point in the game or in the movie to give me more backstory that you're already almost at the climax where you need to fight the big bad or whatever it is. And that's what it fell off for me. I'm like, oh, they're, they're expanding this universe. So they're giving way more information at the beginning, expecting that the following ones will have more action and more hype that you already like already invested into the characters individually. Yeah. And there was, there was a lot of that where they, they get into it. Like they, they discussed, they brought up certain things in the middle of the movie that you're like, okay, this has to play a part in it. And then when you saw that it wasn't, it was like, okay, now I know, it's going to have to play a part in something else. So, uh, what did you guys think? Yeah, there I go. I, I got a lot to say. Oh, you got a lot to say. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think that, you know, I'm going to glean basically with what you, I agree with what you're saying too. I, I think that, um, um, Charisse did a fantastic job and it just does nothing but keep my faith that somebody will pick her for a superhero role at some point. Um, she did Aeon Flux, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that her? Yeah, I yeah. was. And she would. She did the uh, um, the one with Will Smith too. The one? 
the um, Hancock. Wasn't she Hancock? Wait, was she Hancock? Uh, she could have been. I think she was. I think she was the wife, the girlfriend, or the wife. No, she's. Yeah, the... she, was. Yeah, she was. That's right. Technically, yeah. she playing the. She's playing the same role as he's playing as him. Movie. But yeah, she was a superhero. No, no, she's right? playing the same role as he played in this movie in the sense yeah. of she's some type of immortal that was somehow put on this earth to better the world or something. Because that's what the same thing they said in the other one, the Hancock movie. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that reading the synopsis beforehand, mm-hmm. trying to understand the premise of it, the premise sounds outstanding, and it is based on a graphic novel too, which mm-hmm. I never. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything nowadays. <laughs> but um, I mean, it, but it was a property that sounded it sounded just like it could really have had some really strong legs. And I think they missed the mark in some areas. And then, you know, the way that they leave it, of course, they're, they're wanting you to like they're positioning it for like a sequel. But then, you know, when I'm reading too, they, this may not even happen. You know what I mean? So. I don't know. I think it was a little bit sloppy, to be honest with you. And but what I will say visually, I mean, it was still visually great. I think that they're they're hitting those type of marks. But again, we're getting into that that kind of uncharted area right now where we're looking at Netflix movie releases as the same as a studio release, and you know, and the quality is there. It seems like, but the substance isn't there. Yeah. And that's that's what it kind of fell flat for me. I wanted it to be better than what it was. And I expected more. I mean, I thought extraction was, was better than this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the last one they did that Molly, other Molly or whatever, that was better than this too, but I don't think it was bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it like, you know, more like, you know, six, seven, somewhere in there type of thing. But it, if the other one comes out, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be waiting for it, you know, or super excited about it. But I, I, I still think that, they had the potential to salvage something out of it to do yeah. it right, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I'm gonna echo a lot of what you guys said. That that it, it's the premise was amazing. I really like the premise of it. I really wish that they would have this. This I feel works better as a sequel than it does an origin movie. I, I really wish that they would spent more time on understanding who the Eternals were, where they came from, without jumping into this this whole other b c d plot that they had going on mm-hmm. um and then then save this storyline for a second movie if they were to do a second movie uh, you know it, it picked up and and it had it had um you know them i'm not ruining anything for the movie because this is the first you know scene but it picks up and they're they're you know they go into this mission and then they're they've been betrayed in this mission and they realize that one of their enemies um, understands who they are now, and so they they drop everything and and just quit the the thing that they were doing previously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the entire um, scope of work that they were doing, and I For really centuries. wish, yeah, and, <laughs> and I really wish that they would spent. I really wish they would spent a lot more time under or focused on that instead of you know dropping you into a storyline and then like and then immediately shifting you in a different direction yeah you know um so the that kind of set it for a bad tone for me already i think that sure or um that uh that um that uh, Sh- uh charlie's throne did a fantastic job in it um her and then the girl that played the uh the marine yeah and yeah. it did amazing i think that Whoever that actress is, and I don't remember her name, don't know her name, but um, she's definitely got a future. Oh, um, yeah, she definitely does. Yeah, yeah. but um, the big military guy, I, I 
noticed a lot of um because i know that this question is going to get asked by matt i noticed a lot of errors as far as yes. guns and stuff like that go so um you know that was obviously there which it's there in every movie except for john wick so that's fine yeah, but... just so you guys know josh counts the amount of you know <laughs> amount of shots, shots come out of a gun reload. and all that type of thing so oh yeah so... S- same with fast and the furious like i didn't know a car 18 had 18 shifts <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so, I mean, there was, there were those types of mistakes, which didn't take me away from the movie at all. Um, just cause those are in movies and I understand that, but, um, but the, the, the big point for me was that, that they went through and then that they, they pivoted from what seemed like the setting for a storyline into something else. And then they introduced a, the, the villain, um, after they've introduced what seemed like a B plot and then that turns that into a, the villain to like a C or into a C plot. And then they have like, they jump all over the place with backstories and stuff like that. And it was really difficult to keep track of. And it just, it became to, it came to the point where like, it just, it wasn't enjoyable watching it as it sloppy. Yeah. yeah, it was incredibly yeah. sloppy. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like you said, I mean, they, they didn't, the, the, the places that they needed to, to focus time in and effort into they didn't and they added way too much additional stuff that just did not need to be there and for for whatever reason has been known to me because i just i don't understand like where they're going with this storyline at all mm-hmm. yeah I mean, yeah that's, that's like spot on assessment on that one and i feel like yeah one thing with me like how josh counts the bullets of the gun for my thing is uh, fighting sequences, and I hate fighting sequences when they go too quick and very short, close shots that you don't get. You feel like you're in it, but then you're disconnected because you don't see the full range of motion. And I felt I lost a lot of that through the fight scenes. And even though they look great, a few of them had great shots and how they did it. But for overall, I was like, uh, it's it's so repetitive. I'm like, I, I, I don't know where everybody's at. So it just it just lost me All in right. most of the fight scenes. But Charlene Theron did kill it. I do see her if she does another like superhero movie or action movie. I I could I could see her doing that the way she portrayed a character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she definitely sold me on again as an action like a leading lady action star. So it doesn't. Oh, yeah, she oh, did yeah. A, yeah. The fight were, were really good. She needs she needs a really strong vehicle to really showcase that, and that, I mean that would be so great because yeah. it would be a home run. Yeah, I thought the choreography was really good in the fight scenes as well. I'll tell you one thing though, there's one huge um plot hole. I, I just I just thought about it right now. I mean I I'll I'm in just because I don't wanna ruin it if anybody hasn't seen it, but I'll mention it afterwards. But yeah, I just noticed that there was I feel like there's one huge plot hole in the movie. One, there was like several. Mm, yeah. One yeah. one <laughs> one glaring one. One glaring uh, one, yeah. But there was so many that you're like and and how Josh put it is like you you're expecting how we predict movies. We're like, Oh, yeah. they're gonna go this route. Like, no, they go this way. And they try to go back to like plot A, mm-hmm. and then go C, then go back to B, and then go back to D, and then they were going everywhere. And I'm like, it just it was fun, it was entertaining as an overall movie. Yeah. As, but at the same time, you have to understand that it was really sloppy. How was how was I was put together? I think it was uh, the premise and Charlie Theron's acting and her. Yeah, uh, I her think fight that's, that's what carried that the would, movie. That carried the movie a that, lot. That carried the movie to be entertaining. Beyond that. Like the girl that did the military was good. Um, I think the 
uh, one of the other the 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 one I think he was a professor or the the uh, the one that was tracking them originally. Yeah. No, I like him as he, an actor. He, he was. He did uh, good at he his did role. A lot of roles that I've liked. Yeah. So that's that's what that. So guys, all right. So now we get into normally at the end of the movies we do a Nikki rating. So Nikki, we do. So it's what's funny is that Nikki, my cousin, he has we created a Nikki rating for him. So it's uh is one out of five Nikki's. So one Nikki, it's a movie that's so horribly. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, one second. Let's oh, Go ahead, hit the, hit the Mickey thing one more time. So uh, Josh gets oh, so Josh, all right, Josh. So normally at the end of every movie review, we have a Nikki rating, and usually, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So at the we have a one Nikki, which is our movies that are horribly bad that nobody should even see it. Two, yeah. it's a movie that has a lot of uh, issues with it, but is okay. Three, it needs work. Yeah. It needs work. Three is an average movie. It's decent. It's it's enjoyable enough to watch it, but understanding there's flaws to be accepted. Four, it's a great movie with very little issues that you could oversee. Oversee, and then five is a phenomenal, like top tier movie, godlike status. Yeah. So, and usually what we do is we rate these movies and we'll keep them in a vault. And at the when the Oscars comes around, we have the Nikki Award. <laughs> so nice. we do like we will do movies from like uh, either certain categories, and we'll even do categories that are local to so like best restaurant that we've been to all week or all year. So with this one, um, I'll start it off. For this movie, I'll give this two and a half Nikki's for my because it was an okay movie, but had too many issues to be average. Mm. I mean, I, if you want to go into it, like I'll, I give it a solid three. Um, I could watch it. I was entertained. Um, yeah, there's things I would probably want to fix, but overall, I have no, I have, I, like, I'm not gonna walk around like upset or, or like, man, that was horrible. Like, no, it was good. It was decent. How about you guys? What do you got, Matt? What do you got for us? How many Nickies you got for this? Oh, I'm in between the two and the three. So, um, and I can be brutal though. So <laughs> be as brutal as you want. It's fine. Yeah. We accept it. <laughs> All right. Well, only, only, I'm just going to, I'm going to go with the two because my expectations were higher. So I'm going to give it, a, oh, I'll give it a 2.25, Mickey. <laughs> 2.25. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm giving it a solid two. A solid two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it was just. It was it would it could have waited like how Matt say the expectations of based off the trailer and the oh, plot yeah. that you're reading you're like it's gonna be a great movie it was enjoyable but it was too many flaws to not overlook it to have issues with it and right. and to see what what happened in the future of this movie because how it would show is a continuation of something else but maybe there's dragons in that part so we don't even know the way this movie is going <laughs> i just feel like especially okay i think this movie and bright suffer from it feels like they're 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 taking big actors like big movie actors big movie budget and producing a pilot tv show yeah and that's where no, I, yeah i can see that if that if this was a tv show that would have been great no that's what i'm saying they feel like tv shows they feel like really great tv shows but they're not they're big budget movies like and you, i just don't feel like right. they, they're getting that kind of treatment yeah that you need a begin this, this would have been better as a series yeah yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree I, I think either a sequel to an original movie or a series that yeah. this would have worked a yeah. lot better yeah, yeah it would have given you the time to, to do it right to build the characters properly so you everybody enjoys them respects them and relates to them individually right. and like it could have been like a uh, how usually tv series are now is like a 12 episode series 
just to test it. And that's enough to give you enough backstory to each one and have a big bad that is relatable that you could be like, I can either love him because of his theory or I can hate him because of his theory. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're invested then. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, you can even take like Mandalorian to that respect. Like, there oh, yeah. there doesn't have to be like a, a ton of backstory built up for yeah. the villain. We had you know the villain of the Mandalorian show up in what episode? Like, like the second to last episode, yeah. or third yeah. to last episode, and and everybody loves and that. Villain. That was such a glorious entrance, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> so you can you don't have to have you know as long as you as as long as you give the time that's there for the villain, um, you know to the, the the time the villain needs and deserves then then that's that's fine i don't think that you have to like uh, there there just has to be a backstory or like some type of re- relatable factor to it which well, yeah well, you know, he's, he's the one guiding activities though so. yeah but anyways yeah guys so thank you for that movie review so let's get to how about you guys where can they find you in this universe in the world and in the internets <laughs> yeah absolutely man um thanks for the shout out we we're um at either josh or matt at nerdforcepodcast.com if you want to email us um we're on facebook at the nerdforcepodcast.com we're on twitter at force underscore podcast um you can find us every week on your favorite podcasting platform at um the nerdforce podcast and we go um every week or just about every week to mm-hmm. uh um, keep you in tune with the latest in nerdy news across the spectrum. Oh, that's awesome. So guys, remember, check them out. And oh, wait, don't forget, you have a Patreon. So if you if you listen to them, support them. Show them the love that they need because this is a hobby for most of us and we have fun with it, but it does have some cost to keep it running and going. So if you listen to them, support them, show them some love, definitely check them out. And as always, guys, you can always catch us at ner- and Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nerds in the City. And as always, guys, tell a nerd, send a nerd, bring a nerd. All right, everyone, have a great week. Good night. <laughs>